Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. If you have nothing else to take, take what they already have given you. From Serena to the 10-day team, if you, have, if you saw it, there's nothing more satisfying to do the purpose that God has for your life. As you, can, you have heard it from all of these guys. There's nothing more satisfying than when you're doing exactly what God has called you to do. So having said that, we are on week three of our series, Knowing God. And today we're going to take a look at... Well, one of the God's attribute, God's generosity. So why I'll just go ahead and jump in. We're, uh, go ahead and pull up Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. Uh, if you heard Serena earlier, she said she was pulled up to be a life group leader when she was only, she's only been a, a year or two in the Lord. Well, this passage comes out from a, uh, almost in a, the same situation. Just to give you a context, this is a passage coming from Exodus, and this is an answer that God gave Moses. Moses was called by God to deliver a nation. Serena said, I, I, was, I was nervous. I didn't know if I can take a life group. Now think about it. Moses was called to deliver an entire nation. How do you think he felt? So in that story, he is now in the desert with about uh, approximately 2 million people. And he finds himself in a situation of hardship. So he comes to God and asks God this one of the greatest statement or one of the greatest requests that we can ever ask God. Moses goes to God, Lord, you said that I have found favor in you, but yet you did not tell me who you're going to send with me. So God said, my presence would be with you, and I will give you rest. But then Moses, on, Moses goes on to say again, but Lord, if you're really, if I have really found favor in you, show me now your way. What was Moses asking God? Lord, allow me to know you more. That's really what Moses was asking. And that's exactly the series that we're going through. We want to know more of God. Know God. Correct? Knowing God. So this is the passage. This is really a passage that God himself told Moses, this is who I am. First, he said, I will let all my goodness pass before you. And we talked about goodness last week. Chris brought us the, the, that uh, attribute of God of goodness. And then God, this is where God came in. And, and, and God told this to Moses. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, or the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Just in case you're wondering, where's the part where he's generous? Right? So where's the part that he's generous? Well, that part where he's generous really is in that description that he gave himself, abounding in goodness. Other translation says, overflowing with goodness. Not just having goodness, but abounding in goodness. Just like how you fill up your cup of water. It's not just to the brim, but you let it overflow. Amen? That's what God was saying. I am abounding in goodness. He didn't say, I am abounding in justice, though he is. He didn't say, I am abounding in righteousness, though he is. Or I am abounding in holiness, though he is. He said, I am abounding in goodness, so for us to see how generous it is, we have to go back and see really, so how good is God? 
Okay, so I'm going to touch back a little bit of what Chris has said. He already uh, mentioned stuff about goodness. But I want to borrow from A.W. Tozer. We, had a, we have a similar study in our live group, and we touched on, on A.W. Tozer, and it just really changed the way I look at the goodness of God. And in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer describes the goodness of God as this. The goodness of God is, it says, A.W. Tozer talks about this. It is that nature of his goodness before, even before this, he said, it is that goodness of God that disposes him to be kind, to be cordial, to be benevolent. His goodwill towards man. That's what it is because he is a, he's full of goodness. He always has good will towards man. He is tender-hearted because he is in his goodness. He is quick of sympathy. And it says that in his unfailing attitude toward all moral being, it is always open, frank, and friendly. That is the goodness of God. He is kind, he is cordial, he is benevolent. He is always thinking of goodwill towards you. Okay, you, me, you, all moral being. All moral being, he's always open, he's always frank, and he's always friendly to all moral being. It doesn't mean only the ones in the church, okay? It means everybody. And then he goes on to say, A.W. Tozer, he goes, By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness, and he takes holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. Isn't that wonderful, church? That is the heart of your God. My God, your God, okay? Don't be selfish. It's all our God. The goodness of God is the drive behind all the blessing he daily bestows upon us. God created us because he wants us to be soldier and follow him all the time. Oh, no, it didn't say that. It says God created us because he felt good in his heart and he redeemed us for the same reason. Church, that's the goodness of God. Now, let's put the abounding. So goodness itself, I mean, we can just stop there and say, let's go home. I know that God cares for me. God has an inclination to bless me. God has a propensity to bless me. God has this bend. I want to say natural bend, but God is not just in the natural. So I guess you can say spiritual and natural bend. Supernatural. Thank you, Pastor Mark. God has a supernatural bend to give, to bestow. Amen? Blessedness. And it says how, how, how often? Daily. All the time. Yes, all the time. So that church, I'm only talking about the goodness. I'm just repeating our, I'm just taking back what uh, Chris talked about. We're not even on the abounding. So out of that word, abounding goodness, of his goodness really is where his generosity comes from. I mean, generosity is all about giving, isn't it not? It's giving something much more. It could be your time. It could be your finances. It's all in the giving. So this is what Packer, another theologian, talks, uh, says when it comes to the generosity of God. Now we're getting into the generosity side. Since he's already has an inclination to give blessing or to give blessedness. Now, his generosity means it is a disposition to give to others in a way which has no mercenary motive. What does that mean? 
God, in his inclination to give to you, will not even ask for anything in return. That's what it means. He gives without anything to gain back. That's what he is. That's his generosity. And then it goes on to say that it is not even limited to this recipient. Anything that they deserve. Isn't that great? First, he has this propensity to bless. And then on that blessing and in that giving, he doesn't even ask for anything in return. He doesn't even need to know if you qualify or not. So who is qualified? Nobody? (laughs) All of us. If God doesn't look at qualification when he gives, then who qualifies? Okay, one more time. If God doesn't look at qualification when he gives his blessedness, then who qualifies? There you go. Who? Then we are all qualified to receive the blessings of God just because who he is. By his very nature that he is a generous God, he will give without taking anything in return. He would give with no idea of gaining back. And he gives not because you're qualified. It is exactly none of that. So again, one more time. Since God doesn't look at qualification when he gives, who's qualified? Amen. Did you feel that in your heart? So to continue just to read the entire, uh, the entire uh, quote from J.I. Packer, it says, God gives generously because he longs for the joy and the happiness of his people. Because why? They are the object of his affection. I am the object of God's affection. I, my wife always says this, I am Jesus' favorite. And people get offended when they hear her. Right? But that's exactly it. You are the object of God's affection. God takes holy pleasure when he sees you happy when you receive the blessings that he gives you. Um, Over the Christmas holiday... Uh, some of your parents may not approve of this kinds of gifts, but uh, my my wife's uh, nephew, he had a list of what he wanted for Christmas, and one of them was a, a Nerf gun. So I went around looking for a Nerf gun, and I found something that is battery-operated, holds 18 bullets in the magazine. <laughs> So when we were in, uh, when we were in, uh, we, when he finally opened it, oh man, just the excitement the boy had, and it, and the bad thing about it is we didn't have the battery yet. You should see him when we finally got the battery. So one day I was playing with him, and he goes to me, you know, he said, this year I got everything that I've asked for. Then he named it, and of course he named the Nerf gun. Okay, some of you parents might not agree with what kind of gifts I give to uh, my nephew. It's okay. You're free. <laughs> he said, so he said, yeah, and the nerve gun. Oh, he said, and he was, uh, he was just uh, expressing his, uh, his gratitude. He said, I, I, so I asked him, so are you happy? He said, yeah. Then he goes, didn't you give this to me? Yes, me and Auntie Melinda. Oh, thank you very much. It's like just the gratitude that the boy had. And, you, and like what I said, you should have waited when he finally got that battery. Oh boy, did he have fun. And of course, every time we, get, we got a hold of it, we go back and we shoot him back. So, okay, not, may not be the best gift to give to your <laughs> kids. But, just, but the point is, I believe that's exactly how God feels when we receive blessings from him. 
that happiness when he sees his children or that when he looks at you and me, his children, and he sees that happiness and that joy from receiving what it is that, give, that, that we get from him, I think that's just the joy that he speaks of. That he, he finds it so, uh, such a holy pleasure when he sees the happiness of his children. So that's what abounding goodness is taught, really is. So if you've ever been in a place where you were in a focus group, and you know how focus group usually or just a regular meeting, and they always start with the uh, icebreakers, and tell me about yourself. Say your name, and you know, give uh, one unique thing about you. That's what we had last week. And how many of you would always freeze whenever that happens? You, you, you cannot find the words to describe yourself, where God didn't have problems with that. In fact, if, you, if God was, would be the one to say who he is, it, uh, bring back 34.6, please. This is, I believe, how God would have sounded. So if it's God's turn to introduce himself, I believe this is how God would have sounded. Oh, I am Yahweh. I am Yahweh Elohim. I am merciful. I am gracious. I am long-suffering. Said, I have uh, propensity to bless my children. I have an inclination that I want to see them blessed daily because I feel such a pleasure when I see them happy. And also when I give, I love it that the, the, the people that receive it, that they don't need to bring back anything to me or they don't need to qualify when I give them. That's who I am, Yahweh. Can you imagine? That's exactly what God is. That's exactly the side of God when it comes to his generosity. Amen? I think we can stop right now, but no, we're not going to stop. We still got a few minutes. So now let me show you. So in view of that, are you blessed so far? Can you see how generous your God is? Can you see? I mean, uh, I, I really think we can stop right here. But we still have a few minutes. So I'll, I'll go really quickly. I just want to show you how God demonstrated his generosity. Okay? Really quick, God's generosity demonstrated. As you read your Bible, the, uh, the first point that I want to make is here. God the Father gave us Jesus. So in view of generosity, God gave without qualification to you, to me. God gave without asking in return. So in God's generosity, God gave us Jesus. Amen? The Bible talks about how while we were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. He gave us Jesus. John 3, 16 and 17, please. It says, this is a very familiar verse for most of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Notice the word condemn. Condemn is to be sentenced to be by a punishment. In our present situation, according to Romans chapter 3, it says that man is sinful. I don't know if you agree or not, but that's what the Bible says. There is no one who is good, no one who is righteous, no one who seeks God. For all have fallen, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thank you. You guys know your Bible. Amen. See, and of course it goes on to say, but the wages, the payment for sin is debt. So John 3.16 tells us that God could have condemned us, given us a sentence of death because we all sin. 
But yet, he said this. He said, for he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Instead, when he gave us Jesus, he gave us a way out from that sentence of death. Next verse. So how? It says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, we can try. You can try to gain your own salvation. But James says that if you fail in one, it's as good as you fail in all. So continuing, it says, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Instead of us getting that condemnation, instead of us getting that sentence, God found a way out. It was through Jesus Christ, and he took that condemnation on himself. So that's how God the Father demonstrated his generosity. He gave Jesus. Amen? Amen. Point number two. God the Son gave his life. Jesus was not murdered. Jesus was not killed. Pilate had no authority over Jesus, nor the high priest had any authority over Jesus. The verse, please. No one takes it from me. This is Jesus speaking. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Before his arrest at the garden, Jesus, what? Well, Peter defended Jesus when they were arresting him. Peter cut up an ear of the guard. Jesus puts it back and he told Peter, do you not know that I have legions, angels in my disposal, in my authority that I can disperse if I really didn't want them to arrest me? No. He said, I am not being arrested, Peter. I am going willingly. I am going willingly. And then again, in, 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 in that time when he was arrested, Pilate even said, don't you know that I have the power to release you or to condemn you? And Jesus said, no, you don't. Well, it says, you, would, you only have that power because it's given by you or given to you by my father. So see, church, Jesus didn't die. He gave up something that is so costly to him, his very life. Next verse, please. Why? It says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life, he gave his life. He gave his life so that we can be ransomed from our debts. Amen? So God the Father gave us so generously his Son. Then God the Son, Jesus, gave us so generously his own life. And third point is God the Holy Spirit gives us the gifts. Pastor Terry kind of talked about this, how the Holy Spirit, if we would only allow the Holy Spirit, go ahead and put up the verse. It says here, there are diversities of gift, but the same Spirit. There are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but in the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit all. How does this work? John 3, 3 talks about a man being born again. When you are born again, how Pastor Mark talked about it during the week, that you have a circumcision that happens in the spirit. Your spirit is born again. We are first born naturally, which is you and I, we, your mother gave birth to you, okay? Then when you get born again, when you receive what Jesus has done, your spirit is now been born. So how does this manifest or how does this happen? One of the things that happen, if you, if you may not realize it, is the Holy Spirit, one of the first things he does is he would redeem you of your natural gifts. We have a natural gift. Our natural gift is different from our spiritual gift. 
uh, take me for example, I just realized this last year. When I was in grade school, uh, elementary school, my teacher wrote in my yearbook, I hope to see you one day, I hope to see you one day, this, this will procure out what my teacher saw me to be, I hope to see you one day as an archaeologist or as an anthropologist. <laughs> you know what I do? I'm a welder. <laughs> but I, my teacher saw something in me the way I think, the way I analyze. I have an analytical mind. I like to break things down. I guess I'm one of those kids that would break down, uh, break toys. Well, actually, I did that. I, would, I always find a way to break a toy <laughs> just to see. But that's how my mind worked. My teacher saw it in grade school. I just realized it uh, uh, last year. I went back to some of my old stuff. But it was, uh, I realized that, yes, it's, that's exactly my natural bend. It wasn't until I got born again that, my, that uh, I believe the Holy Spirit began to bring it back. And, and my work may not be exactly as an anthropologist, but when the gifts of the Holy Spirit came, the gifts of teaching, that is exactly what you do when you, when you teach. You dig deep and find what, what caused it. What's going on here? You have that thinking that, because uh, I'm always not satisfied to say, oh, because it's, uh, but how? But why? I always have this uh, natural bend to dig it. So when that spiritual gifts kicked in, the gifts of teaching, how many would you agree I have that gift? Okay. <laughs> James is my, uh, James is good to me. Yeah. But that's the thing. He redeemed that natural talent. And then when that spiritual gifts came in, it tied in. I have a natural uh, tendency to uh, analyze, to think, how does it work? How can it be better? I always think I can maximize that. If you can do it in 10 minutes, I can find a way to do it in five. Well, not really that manner, okay? That may be too much. But I always try to, ma- to maximize it. So that's one way that the Holy Spirit works in us. And it is given to us. Amen? Um, Can you just put all three together, please? So how was God generous to us? Or how did God demonstrate his generosity? He gave us God the Father, or God the Father gave us Jesus. God the Son gave his life. And God God the Holy Spirit gives us the gifts. And last, uh, in closing, can you put up uh, 2 Samuel, please? 2 Samuel, verse 24, I'm going to end with this. Then the king said to Ara, Arauna, Arauna, no, this is David speaking, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offering to the Lord my God with that. Okay, back up, sorry. Nor will I offer burnt offering to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. What's going on here? David wanted to offer something to the Lord because in his mistake, God gave him a consequence. He said, because you've counted the nation, choose your consequences. So David chose the mercies of God. So God plagued the nation. 75,000 died. And then God said, God relented and and he stopped the plague. And it stopped right at the property of Arauna. 
So in, in David's, um, in David's uh, gratefulness, he said, I will buy your threshing floor so that I can offer up to God because he stopped the plague from happening because David realized, God, it's my mistake. You don't need, the sheep do not need to suffer. That was the heart of David. So David uh, talks about this. He said, uh, uh, I will not offer anything to the Lord that did not cost me anything. This was something that God, uh, I believe, revealed to me, or he, he, he reminded me. Because he, after uh, being reminded of it, my question is, how did David learn to do that? Where did David learn to do that? And I believe it was God, it was really what it is, is a reflection of the heart of God when he offers things to man. Do you get it? David said, I will not offer anything to God that did not cost me anything. The reflection of God is, I will not offer anything to man that didn't cost me anything. Why? Your God, by him, or our God, by him, all things are created. In heaven, in earth, invisible, visible, all authorities, all power, all dominions, all thrones, all of them were created by God, by him, through him, through him. But yet, when he gave us something so generously, he didn't just say, I will just create another person to take the place of my son, Jesus. He could have, couldn't he not? He had all the power, but instead what? Now bring back all the three points, please. As you notice, what the father gave was something that was so costly to him. Jesus was his son whom he said in multiple times, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God the Father gave something so costly, something that was so dear to him, and he offered it to man. Man, that sin. Then Jesus himself, the only person who's ever born to die, gave up his very life. The Holy Spirit, as I spoke about that, but the thing, the way the Holy Spirit works is, it says that it is the very manifestation of himself. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you look at John, uh, in the book of John, it says he will be the one to what? To remind you of all the things that I have said. He will be the one to give you the power. See, when we give gifts, like how I gave uh, Melinda's nephew, we gave him the gifts. We left it, and after that, that's it. The gift giving is finished. But when the Holy Spirit gave the gifts, it is his very person that manifests the gift. It is his very power that works in you. It is his very wisdom that works in you. He didn't just give the gifts and left. No, the Holy Spirit is the one that's staying with you and allowing the manifestation of himself to work in the gift things. That's what's going on. So it was a reflection of the heart of God that David learned that God never offered me anything that didn't cost him. And church, all of this to say that as you, as you have seen the generosity of God, uh, all of this is free. Just like what, how we learn about generosity. You, uh, what qualifies you to receive? <laughs> Nothing qualifies us. So if we're not qualified, who's qualified? All of us are qualified to receive. But yet we find it so difficult to receive the generosity of God. It's, I believe it's really because we feel like we need to repay it back. Yeah. 
Well, we don't have to. God will not take any form of payment anyway. Okay? We don't need to repay God for what he did. All we have to do is receive it. For some of us, we feel like we're not worthy to receive the generosity of God. As we have learned, God never, never looked at it that way anyway. There really is no way to qualify ourselves to receive the generosity of God. Amen? So if you're, let's just go ahead and close. If you're here today and you've been struggling with that, just that, that Lord, I cannot, I cannot receive from you because I feel like I need to qualify myself. Or if you feel like, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. I hope that the message has already removed that. I hope that the message has already uh, removed that from your thinking that no, God never put qualifications anyway. So if we can just pray. If you can just bow your heads, I want to pray for us. If that's you today and you've been you feel like you don't qualify to receive the, the generosity of God or you feel like there has to be a repayment and that's what's hindering you from receiving the generosity of God, from receiving His Son. If that's you today, I want to pray with you or I want to pray for you. If you can just raise up your hand so that I can just uh, pray for us all in general anyway. So if you feel like you've you've been hindered from receiving the generosity of God is because I'm not worthy or you feel like it's because I need to repay I hope that this message has removed that from your mind that there really is no way to qualify and God doesn't even call it qualification amen so as you're raising your hand let me just go ahead and pray for us Father thank you thank you for just who you are Thank you for being a generous God that you give without asking anything in return and that you give because not based on my qualification but by your nature you are abundant in your goodness. So Father, I pray Father that our people would receive that. Father, we pray for our service. We thank you, O God, that you are in the midst of us. We thank you, O Lord, that the Holy Spirit is working in us. And Father, we just pray, O Lord. We thank you. Yes, I agree with all the prayers that's already been said, Father, that 2017 is the year that we would move in different ways. We would experience you in a different way. And Father, I thank you, O God, for those of us, Father. I pray for all of us, Father, as we receive you and as we deal with our own emotions and our own, uh, and our own uh, thinking, Father, I thank you that you're removing those thoughts that I cannot receive from God. And Lord, I pray that as, as you are one who blesses his people, I just pray a blessing over this church that you may you bless us as we leave today, as we continue our our weak protect us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.